Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin. So good to have you with us, everybody. Appreciate you taking the time to dial in. Hope you had a wonderful Easter holiday. And uh, now getting ready to start the rest of the week. It's hard to believe that we're already halfway through April. And guess what day it is? Tax day. Just got sent my tax return by my accountant. Can't wait to dive in and look at it. I kind of peeked at it. And uh, for the first time in a few years, I've been pleasantly surprised. I guess I've started to learn to do prepare for the worst. And we've got Andy Shell, the prophet doctor, will be on. He'll probably got a few things to say about tax preparation. But anyway, hope your Easter went well and your tax day is about ready to go well. It's April 17th. It's live from Austin, Texas, and it's an honor and a blessing to have you be a part of the way you gather information about what's going on. I hear from so many of you across the United States that tell us how this has become a valuable resource to you on how you stay on top of all that's going on. And we're thrilled and honored to have you as a listener. And we're also thrilled and honored to have some sponsors. But again, before we go to our sponsors, let's talk about this. This podcast was created by Mortgage Professionals. It's for Mortgage Professionals, and we're the proud recipient of the Innovation Award. We're honored to have you again as our, as our listeners. Uh, we have on the Hot Topics segment the president and CEO of ArchMI, David Gansberg. We're going to be talking about the future of MI. Where is the whole mortgage industry and the credit enhancement aspects going? A lot of really good information is going to be coming out in that interview. Very excited about it. And we want you to start thinking of your questions and start emailing them to me now. You can email them to me at david at tms-advisors, or you can text me. Texting is actually probably the better way, 512-632-2900, 512-632-2900. And we'll ask David your questions in the Hot Topic segment, so stay tuned all the way through. Again, special thank you to our sponsors. ArchMI, of course, is our sponsor, and we're blessed to have them, the creator of the new innovative Rate Star program that is kicking the competition's butt. So they're doing really well, and so well that they're able to buy up one of the big competitors. And we're going to be talking about that. Of course, I'm referring to United Guarantee. Motivity Solutions, providing real-time reporting and dashboard and scorecards to help you really have a good optics on your business. Velma, a very effective and efficient mortgage marketing and email platform. How to get your message out? You definitely want to get a hold of Brent Emler at Velma. Simplifile, Nancy Alley and her time have, and her team, Simplifile, and their team, speaking too quickly here, have a real-time electronic communications exchange, very effective at communicating with your um, the closing agents, all those involved in the transaction. Many other services, they're real deep in e-mortgages, e-notes, so you want to talk about that with Nancy. We're having her on as a guest here in upcoming weeks. The Mortgage Collaborative, which is the power of the network. We're thrilled to be a part of that, as is ArchMI. And then we also have D&H, moving your world forward through technology. And uh, they're a 140-year-old company with 5,500 employees, another one of the companies that is being merged with we went through this with arts kind of held our breath a little bit about that really weren't too worried about losing them as a sponsor same things going on with dnh they are being merged with um, um my sis out of uh, europe and so a big uh, vistage came in or vista came in and invested and bought both of those firms and is now merging them together a lot going on there but i was with the folks at DNH this last week at the Independent Bankers Association of Texas, IBAP, we spoke at the FinTech conference. It went so well. And I see the audience they have, the depth of their installations within the IBAP or in the Independent Association of Community Bankers. It's, it was really good. And so I encourage you to check out their solution at www. How many W's did I say? <laughs> Three W's, dh.com, or call them at 1-800-815-5592. Great group of people. And, of course, I always want to say a special thank you to Alice, Andy, Joe, Sam, for their contributions to this podcast, making 
this so deep and rich with so much information. Upcoming conferences, we have the National Mortgage Marketing, uh, Mortgage Secondary Market Conference in uh, Chicago. We'll be doing a radio podcast from there April 30th through May 3rd. And then also you can check all the upcoming conferences at, that are at the NBA. I'll be speaking at and doing a radio program from the Great Rivers Conference. That's coming up in May. And also we'll be doing one from the Ohio Mortgage Bankers Conference. A couple more that we'll be at. And uh, you can go to our website, which we're going to be launch, relaunching our new website for the radio this week. So get back and search it out, look it over. It won't be quite totally finished. Is a website ever done? I don't think so. It's one of those things where it just has a life of its own. Keep looking at this and looking at that and say, let's do this and change it. So uh, it's it's like a house remodel project that never gets done. Anyway, we're thrilled to have you all here with us. Let's go find Joe Farr. He was dialing in after the program started, but I think this is your number. Joe, do I have you here? Joe, Joe Farr, where <laughs> art thou? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you are. Okay, good. It, you you came in with a very different number, so that's what's throwing me, but I did see Sorry that you that. pressed one, so that's all right. Good to have you here, Joe. So let's get an update on what's going on with the markets. Well, we're up again, Dave. It's uh, uh, not as much so as I might have expected with, uh, with the very weak data that came out on Friday, uh, you know, with Friday being uh, a holiday for most of us. Uh, markets were closed, yet uh, some economic data came out, both uh, retail sales and uh, and CPI came out on Friday. And both of them were, were a little weaker than expected. I kind of thought I, I thought we'd wake up to Monday morning having a, a nice little rally. Uh, on Friday, retail sales dropped uh, in, in March from February, and February was revised such that it fell from January. That's the first time they've had uh, two months in a row uh, where retail sales fell uh, in a couple of years. So uh, a bit of a surprise there. And then Corp CPI fell also. Uh, a two-tenths increase in prices were expected, and, uh, and, and they actually fell a tenth. So both were uh, a good, should have been good for mortgage rates. Of course, they happened on Friday. And, and so looking at what came out this morning uh, was a little bit mixed. It, too, should have been yeah. good for mortgage rates. Uh, Empire Index came in well short of expectations. And the housing survey fell a little bit from March, but uh, that was at a very elevated level, so uh, that's not a, not terribly surprising. The one thing that came out, um, you know, after Friday and, and and could have had an impact on uh, morning prices was China's GDP came in a little better than expected. So uh, anyway, we're sitting here. We're up uh, two thirty seconds on the day, and and. Quite frankly, we're at the best levels we've since in late since late November as far as MBS prices go. So uh, certainly nothing to complain about. Uh, last week was just one more week of several in a row where we have uh, ended the week better. Mortgage rates ended the week better. Uh, the drop last week tended to be due more to, to uh, geopolitical events and uh, non-economic yeah. news. Uh, certainly, the the concerns are growing, tensions growing in Syria and North Korea, and that's had a, had a positive effect on MBS and uh, mortgage rates. Uh, the rise in the polls of the anti-euro uh, candidates in France uh, was also good for mortgage rates. In that, uh, if one of those were one of those two were to win, uh, it certainly could create some some disruption in the in the eurozone, much like uh, the election in and Great Britain did. Then, uh, then comments from President Trump about uh, the dollar being too strong and feeling the dollar is too strong and wanting a low rate environment also weighed favorably on MBS prices and mortgage rates. The economic data that came out last week was really not much of a factor. The JOLTS report showed uh, a little bit of an increase over February in job openings. Core PPI was. Uh, below expectations. The surprise, I guess, was that consumer sentiment remained very good. So, you know, with all yeah. the stuff going on in the world, that, that was a bit of a surprise. Then when we look at the, this week or the rest of this week, we don't have a lot of economic data to come out. March housing starts comes, and industrial production will come out tomorrow. The Fed Beige Book on Wednesday, the Philly Fed on Thursday, and then existing home sales on Friday. So, 
you know, as last week, the economic data didn't have a big influence on rates, and you never know when something might come up uh, from one of these geopolitical events. So it's just a good time to be paying attention all the time. Yeah, there there is just so much going on, and I think geopolitical, at least for the short run, could be a dominant uh, impact here on the markets, and you know, uh, do you sit here with every? I mean, or is your office full of computers? I mean, uh, TV monitors, like a sports bar, looking at all the, well, the issues are. I mean, I mean, I know that's how it is sometimes in the pit. We, they have the, we do the have TVs here, and they. One thing I left out that uh, really should command some attention are the French elections. They're going to take place on yes, Sunday. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I was going to ask. Yeah, and and so you know, as you're going into the weekend, uh, who knows what's going to happen there? But certainly, if uh, if the uh, the anti-euro groups do well, uh, it could be good for mortgage rates. If they are shut out, it could be bad for mortgage rates, as whatever shift to safety that's already occurred would unwind. So. Um, kind of a kind of a tough call going into the weekend, and and quite frankly, the results might not be known until uh, early in the day on on uh, Monday. Uh, but it should be a, a time that you are paying attention. Maybe it's a time you want to take that risk off the table and yep. go ahead and That's get things this. locked. Yep. I I, tell, I know you don't go into recommending, but you have a great service to let people know what is happening in our almost. In fact, it's a real time environment and maybe a few mm-hmm. nanoseconds off, but you really do a great job with your service. And I encourage people to sign up for this. It's one of those things, you folks, I don't know how you measure, uh, how do you measure information, especially when it's so affordable. If you want to learn more, well, listen to this ad, and then we're going to be back with an update from Loan Logics on, uh, on currency. You're going to enjoy that report, but we'll be back right back after this brief word. Economic uncertainty has created a tremendous amount of market volatility for the past few weeks. Intraday price changes seem the rule rather than the exception. Have you been surprised by a midday price change? Have you been frustrated as you locked the loan just ahead of a price movement? Found it difficult to explain to a customer why the rate you quoted is no longer available? MBS Quoline can eliminate these frustrations. MBS Quoline monitors Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginnie Mae mortgage-backed security prices in real time. It makes the information conveniently available on your desktop, smartphone, or by email or text message. These are the same prices used to set mortgage rates each morning and to issue midday price changes when significant movement occurs. With MBS Quoteline, you'll never be out of touch with the market. Whether you're in the office or on the road, see for yourself what MBS Quoteline can do for you. Go to mbsquoteline.com to start a risk-free two-week trial. mbsquoteline.com. 646-716-4972. The Lickin' on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin'. Well, it's good to have you back, and we're honored to have the people involved in this uh, program as we do. Uh, we're off in Les, Les Parker at Loan Logics is someone that we're getting some feedback or providing reports. Remember, we have him on typically at the beginning of the year talking about what's going on in the markets. Well, today, I, I mean, I was going to play a little earlier, but I'm going, I want to make sure we have everyone dialed in so we listen to it. Uh, this is really interesting what's going on with currencies. So, Les Parker here, give us an update in, uh, in your own, as only you can, with a little music parody in there on where do you see especially when we're looking at the topic of currencies, foreign currencies. So Thanks, that, Dave. This Parker. is MarketLogics Live, sponsored by LoanLogics. Uh. They're stomping on good vibrations, no giving appreciation. The Chinese won's 12% decline against the U.S. dollar since its peak in January 2014 is due to China's economic and political unhealthiness. Here is a case in point reported by the Financial Times last week. The Chinese government wants to puncture residential real estate prices by controlling web ads. Sites had until midnight last Thursday to delete ads saying a home will rise in value or mentioning feng shui. Trump told the Wall Street Journal that China is not a currency manipulator. Yet, President Trump tweets, it's very, very hard to compete when you have a strong dollar and other countries are devaluing their currency. The best way to have a weak dollar is have a bad economy. To avoid confusion, keep this principle in mind. The change in value of a currency reflects a country's relative economic health to other countries. It is not the cause. 
These views are my own. Go to LoanLogics.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Well, as only Les Parker and his appreciation for music is, if you meet Les, you wouldn't realize that all that is in there. But I love the music parodies. Yeah, that's really interesting what's going on with currencies. We're going to be talking more about that. In fact, hoping to get Les on back on the uh, radio. But be patient. If you have not signed up for Les Parker's um, daily email, you can uh, do so by going to Loan Logics and signing up for it. It's a market update from Les Parker, so be sure to do that. Folks, we're going to be right back after a brief word from our sponsor, Simplifile, with Nancy Alley and her team. We'll be right back after this brief word. Simplifile has technology that gives you the ability to collaborate with settlement agents via real-time chat and messaging, allowing you to track changes, send, receive, and validate documents as well as obtain status updates and deal with issues as they arise. All of this in a real-time electronic communication exchange. And best of all, you have a complete audit trail of all communications. To learn more, go to Simplifile.com or call our good friend Nancy Alley at 1-800-460-5657. Yeah, that's so true. Great, great amount of information there uh, and a great resource. And check out uh, what they have there at Simplifile. One of the things we get, Alice Alvey wrote me just before the podcast, I got called and pulled into a meeting. Congress is in a recession, and so on an Easter break, so they are not in session. She didn't have any updates, and she uh, said, Dave, uh, I know you can fill the time. No problem there. Uh, but I want to talk about some of the things that are really coming up. It came up at the FinTech. It came up again in New York when I spoke at the New York uh, mortgage Bankers State Convention uh, spoke for three hours to their, uh, just a room full of originators on what's going on and are we at a tipping point as it relates to where the mortgages are, where, where, how mortgage originations are being done. And I think this is one of the things that is really interesting about what ArchMI is doing really well. The power of their app, the Raystar app, is having a big impact, and we're seeing so much effect. I have three clients that originate 100% of their loans off of Facebook. I, the last mortgage company that I was a partner in, we were one of the largest direct mail companies. And what I'm finding now is Facebook is replacing the consumer direct way to get in touch with consumer direct. Uh, with con- getting in touch with consumers directly is what I'm trying to say. The direct mail sales works. It's amazing how well it works. But what seems to be working even better now, especially as you reach the, the millennials that are coming into the market, you know, they're starting to come in. What, what rate we're determining, but they are coming in. And what I'm finding is now three clients originating exclusively through Facebook and doing so. Now, they draw them into their website through Facebook, and they're bringing them in. Now, what does this mean for how you run your business? It's very important, and I've been saying this now for this last year and a half, you're going to be no more for your processes than your products or your pricing. Pricing, of course, is important, important, but products are what they are. They are about as generic vanilla as you can get. I'm not sure we're going to see any movement and really innovation as far as true loan products. We're seeing innovation when it comes to how – uh, you can acquire MI and get good, really good risk-based model pricing through the Raystar program. But what we're finding is, is how you originate that loan and to who, who is originating it. So there's different models going on. I'll be speaking again on this same topic again for three hours at the Ohio Mortgage Bankers Conference. Encourage you to show up there. And I'm doing three sessions, three one-hour sessions, separate on different topics of how to connect with millennials. How do we connect with this new audience? I want to say this, the business principles that have worked for generations, generations. I've been at this for, since 1973, 43 years, and 43 and almost 44, Andy Shell do the math on that, but it's a long time, and what I'm finding is some basic principles will never change. It is a relationship-driven business. It is a business that has specific disciplines, such as communicating, but it's how we communicate with our buyers that is starting to have a cha- that we're starting to see a change. And with that change, we're going to have to make some adjustments on our business models. And while this is just three clients and it's small amount of production relative to all that's out there, 
It is something that I want you to start paying attention to, folks. This is real. I think we may be getting to that point where there's an inflection. We may be hitting and triggering that tipping point where more and more people are coming in, and it's not just millennials. What's interesting is that now we're seeing baby boomers emulate the millennials. I'm now hearing about more baby boomers. Andy Schell just talked about it. He re- refinanced his home, and he did it all online. The number of millennials, that are, it's not just millennials that are originating loans online. It is also being done by baby boomers and also at a rate that's just below millennials. So don't think that this is just a play. It's us baby boomers are following our kids into the, the model, and it's actually very convenient. So I just challenge you. I'm taking this time with Alice Elvis segment to really talk about the importance of looking at how you're originating loans and start paying attention to it. Not sure that we're fully at a full-on tipping point yet, but at some point we may find ourselves there. So love to talk to you and have you join me when I'm up in Ohio for the Ohio Mortgage Bankers Conference. Go to their website, check it out, or at the uh, Great Rivers Conference in Memphis, Tennessee. And I'll be talking uh, there on these points. So anyway, good evidence. Part of the evidence is this radio podcast. We have now over 400,000 listeners on this podcast registered, have downloaded this podcast. Pretty amazing. So it is working. And so what adjustments do you need to make? Give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about it. But we miss Alice Alvey, but she created a little space for me to talk about some trends that are going on. I hear from a lot of you and say, Dave, we want to hear more from you and some of the trends that you're seeing. So there you got it. So with that, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back after this brief word with Sam Garcia and then the Prophet Doctor, and we'll be getting into a great discussion a little bit later with David Gansberg and the Hot Topic segment. Folks, we'll be right back after this brief break. The Mortgage Collaborative was founded by former chairman of the NBA, John Robbins and David Kittle, and leaders at the forefront of the diversity movement in the real estate industry, Jim Park and Gary Acosta. The Mortgage Collaborative is the nation's only independent cooperative. The Collaborative provides its members the opportunity to meet and form meaningful relationships with top mortgage professionals and leaders in our industry. In a relationship-driven business such as ours, often who you know is as important as what you know. To learn more, go to mortgagecollaborative.com or call Rich Swarbinski at 440-552-0691. The power of the network. Love that partnership. ArchMI and I, ArchMI and myself, Transformational Mortgage Solutions are a part of the collaborative. Very exciting and very effective group for connecting. I encourage you to consider that as a way for you. And I'm, that's not working contrary to the MBA. It works in, in hand, hand in glove with the MBA. Tricia from Megliazzo is there all the time. We work together in coordinating our efforts. So let's get over to Sam Garcia. Sam, good to have you here. Hope you had a good Easter break. And uh, I always love having you on the program, friend. Yeah, a lot of uh, activities this last week and kind of a fun fun event for the uh, area, and I'm sure probably it was for yours too. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, well, talking about uh, activity, even, you do it. You've got a great website. You're talking about stuff, and really interested in hearing some of the um, yeah, some of your your headlines that you're tracking. So, Terry, take yeah, it away. Okay. Well, you know, one of the one of the things we track is a it's kind of like a gauge of upcoming originations is our mortgage market index, and that was off six percent last week. But despite that drop in overall activity, jumbo activity jumped quite a bit and so did similarly uh, arm activity so both those categories which are kind of volatile categories generally speaking so they will tend to move more than the rest of the index but overall volume for that index which is produced based on uh, open close rate lock data was hurt by government business which fell 18 percent so that's where the slowdown was concentrated last week you know um, last week va's loan guarantee service uh, in a public uh, Federal Register filing said it's reviewing regulations um, to, that are governing, you know, the allowable expenses that a veteran can be charged or pay, and the agency is taking public comments um, about how fees for its loans might be changed to address, you know, the lower market uh, marketability of a VA borrower, because in some cases, you know, fee limitations have led sellers to accept other offers, and others uh, lenders have raised rates to make up for the cost. So. Uh, public comments are being taken uh, until June 13th on that. Um, FHA 
data indicate it endorsed 90,300 loans over uh, for more than 18 billion during February, and that was a 24% drop in volume from January. But um, one good piece of news from that report was that delinquency improved by 53 basis points to uh, 10.72%. Refinance data that was delivered. By by the way, uh, Sam, let let me let me just comment on the the delinquency. That still seems a bit high from what their standards or what their regular levels were. So is, do you have any sense on that? I don't want to put you on the spot and try to draw that out of your mind, but if you, if you don't bring that back next week as to what is considered normal delinquency for FHA. I know they're higher than the Fannie Freddie product, but I'm trying to remember what those numbers are and those levels are at. Do you re- recall? Um, well, first off, the, the number that you see there is we're adding in the bankruptcy rate and the foreclosure rate, so it could oh, tend to be oh, higher. I see, I see. But, but despite that, uh, you know, there's still um, a significant uh, increase, you know, in, in government or FHA delinquency than there is compared to conventional loans. You'll see right, that, right, and all the different kinds of reports. So, uh, um, yeah, that's uh, that is it is higher typically. So. Um, what, I guess what's significant here, though, is it got better, though. So 53 basis points, that's a big drop. Yeah, it's, it's, it's better. That's a very significant drop, so that's good. That's very good. That. And the GSE refinances, I see on your website that that also sank. So that's probably predictable, understandable. Expected, right? We were all, we all knew refinances yeah. were going to slow, so that's just the, the biggest source. We, we came up with 158,000 Fannie and Freddie loans that were refinanced in February. So that was actually the fewest uh, since a year ago uh, of any month. And I guess, you know, who knows where it's going to go because rates have been pleasantly declining lately. So that could, yeah. that could really change those dynamics and we might see ourselves revising some of the refinance forecasts out there. Um, over at, at City Citigroup, they reported that they had $3.8 billion in first quarter mortgage originations. That was 31% less than the same three months last year. Um, and in addition, Citi shrunk its servicing portfolio. Um, if, if you include assets and other third-party servicing, and also the unit that used to be called City Holdings, um, they still report. So if you add all that together, their servicing portfolio, we estimate at about less than $140 billion compared to 264 billion a year earlier. So that that's a company that has really shrunk its uh, mortgage business over the last year. And then and then you kind of got the other direction uh, over at First Republic Bank. They actually boosted their quarterly mortgage originations by 31%. They're just about I think just them and Chase are the only ones that have reported a year-over-year gain uh, among the companies we've tracked so far on the quarterly earnings report. So um, that's pretty good. Good story there. Um, yeah, good. Um, let's see, there were over $1.6 billion in re-performing loans that are being sold by Fannie uh, announced last week. And although the loans were previously delinquent, payments have since been brought current without loan modifications. Uh, Fannie uh, has sold the loans from its $269 billion investment portfolio. Um, one other headline we came across um, there are mortgage servicing rights being offered in two deals that works out to almost a billion dollars in agency loans. Um, one of them is for uh, MSRs on $432 million in Ginnie Mae mortgages. Um, they have an 87% concentration in New York, and this is announced by MIAC, by the way. Um, the other offering has a, a Fannie, Freddie, and Ginnie uh, portfolio of MSRs for $520 million in loans with a 63% concentration in California. So um, the only other uh, report that was interesting last week that I uh, wrote down here was about Wells Fargo CFO John Shrewsbury talked in their earnings uh, conference call about planned staff reductions and some uh, as a result of cutbacks in the mortgage mortgage business. Yeah, so overall the staff at Wells Fargo is 273,000. Who knows how many will be in refinances, but they're pretty swift and efficient about, you know, adjusting to market variations. Yeah, they do. They do do that rather quickly. Sam, great job. I encourage everyone to check out the website, MortgageDaily.com. Get a hold of Sam also by calling at one of the few guys that still answers his phone, 214-521-1300. You won't regret getting this valuable resource. Sam, thank you so much for being here, my friend. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You bet. 
Well, we're now going to head out to Shawnee. She is uh, with ArchMI, provides us great information. We're going to hear from Shawnee talking about how they're leading the market and how they have a leadership program. So uh, leading with us, Shawnee, take it away. Thanks, David. It's spring home buying season and lenders are competing for business. With ArchMI RateStar, you can dominate your market and claim the lion's share of business. How? RateStar allows you to assess individual loan risk more precisely. If you're hunting for more profitable business, RateStar helps you capture and close more of those loans. With RateStar, you're leader of the pack. Partner with ArchMI and lead with us. They do a good job, folks. Get a hold of your local ArchMI representative. Of course, we're looking forward after Andy Shell, the profit doctor, to have David Ginsburg on, who is president and CEO of ArchMI. But with that, let's head over and talk to the profit doctor. I was thinking about you as my uh, my tax returns ended up in my inbox, which for the first time I haven't had. I've actually planned far enough in advance. I finally, I let, maybe your influence sunk in, Andy. Um, <laughs> For those that don't know, the Profit Doctor is also known as Andy Shell, or Andy Shell is also known as the Profit Doctor. But maybe your influence finally sunk in, and I actually got everything done. We got good counting going and good systems working. And so we actually, you know, and, and, and the number isn't as bad. So it, it does make sense to listen to the Profit, the profit Doctor. So um, oh, good job, well, Dave. I'm proud of you. <laughs> what words of wisdom do you have for us, my friend? Well, I have first one comment uh and I don't want to put Sam on the spot, so maybe next week. But it was interesting how he was talking about depositories that were retaining, uh, like Republic, and depositories that were uh, shedding their MSR portfolio, particularly Wells, cutting it in half. What I'd be interested to hear as he looks at those financials is the impact of the Basel III MSR cap yes. and how that yeah, is driving yeah. these MSR decisions. Yeah, that, that's what – yeah, I am too, and I've got some uh, feelers out. In fact, you may be able to help us get a, some couple guests on here that can talk about that because it's going to be very, very interesting uh, to see the impact that that has. So, yeah. Well, well uh, Dave, uh, Dave Stevens up at uh, Dave and Austin are, are good sources. Yes. Oh, hey, Dave. So on, on to my stuff. On to my stuff, and I know that this is really important to you because how would you like <laughs> how would you like to learn how to read a treasure map? To be able to find the oh, gold, yeah. that would be good, right? You would like that, right? Yeah, it's always a good so, thing. Yeah. Where, where am I going with this? Well, obviously, the financial reports from a business are the treasure map of business, and and financial reports are generated through the language of accounting. So accounting is the language of business. Accounting is the language of financial reports. You could even say that cash is the grease of business, and accounting is the language of business. So now's the time to take advantage of the opportunity to learn about mortgage accounting because our MBA <laughs> yeah. webinar is starting this Thursday. Yeah. Awesome. It's, That's right. It's coming up. It's coming up. And we're going to talk about how to know your profit per loan, profit per originator, your warehouse cost by lender, your profit by product, your profit by branch, all this stuff. And, you know, that's it's essential to manage your business you have to know these things, and that's part of the treasure map is, is finding out what to tweak, where to go, which branch to change in order to maximize profit. Now, now there's one caveat, Dave, and I know you know this well, too. Uh, someone asked me about the, uh, the webinars, and they go, well, is it complicated? And so I started to say, well, <laughs> no, it's not that bad. But then I thought, okay, now wait a second. This is mortgage accounting. So take those words apart. We're going to start by talking about accounting, so that's debits, credits, accruals, deferrals, depreciation, revenue, expense, statement of cash flows, and it's like, oh, wait, okay, yeah, I guess that is a little hard. And then on top of that, we're going to add everything about mortgage banking, every financial detail impacting the lender from the closing disclosure, all of the investor purchase details when they buy the loan, the law confirmation information, the warehouse borrowing cost from the warehouse lender, the detail about the product type and the LO commission, all of that gets wow. calculated to do this. And so, well, yeah, actually it is a little complicated, and you actually need to study accounting a bit to be able to really know financial reports. And you know, I know you've done all this, Dave. But for all the listeners, you got to know financial reports. you got to know accounting to know financial reports. And even learning mortgage accounting is, has a unique twist to it. And now's your chance. You can learn it by 
attending this webinar. And so you can't build a house without a plan, and you can't run a business without understanding accounting reports. So go to mba.org, education, sign up. It's a four-week class. It starts this Thursday, yep. and um, look forward. What's to What's a way that for people there. to get for people to get signed up for that, Andy? Again, go to the MBA website. MBA.org. And how would you just go to the MBA website and go to education and look for uh, live webinars on accounting, and that's me. You'll find it. Sign up. Yes. You can learn about accounting, not like you ever wanted to. You know, it's not as bad as a root canal, but think well, about it, it as a <laughs> treasure map. It's the path yeah. to the goal. <laughs> Some some of us business owners that are good at building businesses may look at it as a, a root canal, but you know what's the consequence of not having it? Uh, you, be, you you're in a much worse situation. So you do a great job. These are this, you're back for the fifth or sixth, seventh time. I don't know how many times, but the MBA comes back to you because of the outstanding job you do and the feedback. You're one of the highest rated webinars they do. Encourage people to go check it out. So thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Thanks. Dave. Good luck with that. I may you fill up the. May you fill up the Internet full of all these eager people to learn about this really important topic. really appreciate it. Well, and I'm really excited about having uh, David Gansberg on next because if you actually type in Licking on Lending to go to our radio website show, there's an ad for RGMI on there, and it's, choc- it's chocolate chip cookies and a glass of milk about things that go together. <laughs> How exciting yeah. is that? I can't so create it. This is awesome. Anybody that comes I'm up looking- with that has my attention. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. They do a great job, and I love working with their marketing team. So, folks, we're going to be right back after we get the KPI of the week. We're going to go out to our friends, John Maynil, VP of Client Services there at Motivity Solutions. And uh, we'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, Dave. Thanks very much. Great to be here, as always. And this week, we have another key performance indicator related to TRID. And the KPI is underwriting to closing days. And like all TRID metrics, the focus is the estimated closing date and how far in advance a file should be submitted to underwriting to make provisions for any and all underwriting eventualities, possibly multiple resubmissions, and leaving enough time after final approval to finish the loan and deliver the closing disclosure on time. A very common practice for lenders that have automated their analytics with mortgage business intelligence like Movation is to have the system automatically send email alerts to participants on those loans that are running late and at risk of missing these milestone deadlines. Now, This allows loan participants to continually reprioritize their workflow to ensure they remain compliant, clearly demonstrating again that what gets measured gets results. And with that, Dave, I will thank you once again and turn it back to you. Great saying, what gets measured gets results. Check it out at MotivitySolutions.com or call them at 303-721-9000. Well, we're excited to have David Gansberg back on the radio program with us. It's, uh, we're very fortunate to have them as a sponsor. And uh, we, have, we have one of his competitors that says uh, they'll even pay twice what they're paying, what Arch is paying to get them off so they can get on. And he says, well, we had to take a preemptive move. We went and bought United Guarantee just to make sure that we eliminated one of the competitors. But uh, we're really thrilled to have David on. David has served as the president and CEO of Arch Capital, More, uh, Capital Group, uh, LTD, and uh, AGGL. Uh, U.S. Mortgage Insurance Operation, ArchMI, and David is also has been in this position since Arch was launched in January 2014, and uh, very excited about their acquisition originally of CMGMI, and then they also uh, acquired the assets of PMI Mortgage, so it's a culmination of a number of mortgage entities that have come together, and they're doing a great job uh, David has been very active in the acquisition area and has led the effort to obtain the approval uh, to acquire yet another company. And, of course, that is a high-profile company. It is the United Guarantee, and we're thrilled to have him join us on the radio program and kind of get an update about all that is going on in private mortgage insurance and what we can expect and we look forward into this important aspect of the industry. David, good to have you on the program, my friend. David, my pleasure to be here. And I have to start just by saying uh, April 15th uh, was not was not as happy a day in the Gansberg household as it sounds like it was in the Lickin household. So we, we may need to talk offline about, uh, you know, you helping me out a little bit. Things uh, I, got, I got some bad news. I need to spend more time with the profit doctor to get some better results next year, I think. 
it, it's truly one of those things where uh, we kind of <laughs> wince at that. And, it, and it's interesting that it landed on Passover, Easter, and all attacks. They all happened in the same, within, a, within a very short period of time. But anyway, it's good to have you back on here. And since we last spoke, a lot has happened, especially over the last few months. And would you be able to talk to us about what ArchMI has been up to since January, uh, notably the most sure. recent decision? Absolutely, it's all it's all uh, chocolate chip cookies and milk. So if uh, <laughs> if, e- if each one is good, then together is better. And uh, whether it's uh, whether it's the cookies and milk, or it's the the chips and salsa, which is another one of our advertisements, or or ArchMI and United Guarantee, it's it's all better together. So. Um, as, as you've seen, David, we completed our acquisition of uh, United Guarantee Corporation from, from AIG, which closed right at, the, at year end. And it's really uh, given us a great platform to continue the development of the business and, and bringing solutions to the customers that we started at, at ArchMI in the U.S. mortgage insurance space uh, a little over three years ago. So it's been, been an exciting time for us. Well, it's exciting to see what's going on. Uh, back to the milk and cookies thing. I'm addicted to both. I love them. I'm just glad they're not illegal. Or I would have a problem <laughs> with substance abuse because that my waistline shows the substance abuse of milkies, uh, the cookies and milk. So anyway, great, great ad. I, I love that. But uh, is there a more serious note? Can you shed some light on what? drove the decision to acquire UG does this did you see a uh, is it just a market play is there a strategic talk about that for few minutes, David? Sure. I, I think it's a, it's a combination of, of many things. And I think what made it so compelling for us is, you know, number, number one is the financials associated with it. So, you know, United Guarantee had a, had a fantastic book of business um, that they had written post-financial crisis. So, you know, the, the, the transaction was, was very compelling financially because it's immediately adding value to, to our shareholders and to our investors. So from a, a public company standpoint, it made a lot of sense. But then I think number two, uh, from a strategic strategic standpoint, it also made a lot of sense for us. So by acquiring this business, we instantly achieved scale. So, you know, we went from being the newcomer in the business now to being the company with the largest uh, enforced portfolio of U.S. mortgage insurance business. So we've got credibility and scale, and now it's going to allow us to deliver even better solutions and better service to our customers. So we take not only the great things that we've been doing at Arch over the last few years, but what United Guarantee has done, and, and they've made significant investments in the last few years on on technology and on um, systems and, and solutions. So we can now take that and make an even better product going forward. So you know, essentially, whatever was the best things we had at Arch and whatever were the best things that we had at United Guarantee, we can now put those together and deliver even more compelling products and even better service for our customers. So it's, it's, it's exciting for, for Arch. It's exciting for our shareholders. But I think it's also going to create great opportunities for our uh, lending and origination partners. So let's talk about that. How do you see lenders and your customers benefiting from this acquisitions, and what does it mean overall for the industry? Well, I think for the for, let me start with with the industry first, and um, think there's been an expectation of consolidation within the mortgage insurance industry for some time now. Um, given the size of the industry and given the level of competitiveness, I think there was a general view amongst the the MI companies, amongst the uh, lending partners, amongst the GSEs that there were too many companies. So I think this is just a natural evolution of, of that business, and um, wouldn't be surprising if there was more to come. Um, you know, United Guarantee what was rumored to be um, for sale. They had filed to do an IPO. So, you know, I don't think it should really take anyone by surprise that, that we're seeing this consolidation from, from an industry standpoint. And I think it'll, it'll make a better industry. And um, for our customers, what we can do here is we can help them address their origination challenges by being more creative in terms of, of solutions. Um, you know, Arch has been a pioneer in uh, forms of alternative risk transfer in the mortgage insurance business. And, and whether that's the, the GSE risk transfer strategies or some of the um, – Alternative uh, companies we offer an Arch Mortgage Guarantee, where we offer uh, enhanced solutions for portfolio lending, um, where a lot of our lenders are looking for solutions to whether it's student loan issues or, or millennial issues or certain professional programs or high balance loans that they may not be selling uh, onto a third party but may keep in their portfolio. Um, you know, Arch has been a pioneer, and, and now with the larger operation, we, we can offer more, more solution and more enhancement there. And, and I think at the end of the day, what's the most important? thing is, is 
service and ability to close a loan on time. And uh, this allows us to be in a better position to help our partners do that. Overall, where do you see mortgage insurance industry going this year and as we head into the future? Do you anticipate just more and more consolidation? Uh, what are some of the drivers to the to the whole world of mortgage insurance? Yeah, I think it's it's hard to comment on what's going to happen with the industry. So if you look at the status right now, we've we've got six private mortgage insurance companies down down from seven uh, following our acquisition. Yeah. So so exactly where that goes, it's you know it's always difficult to forecast. But I think a lot of that's dependent upon what business is available to those companies, and where it becomes a little bit. Uh, tricky to forecast is if you look at the GSEs, they are now exploring uh, alternatives to mortgage insurance, and and we see it in right. some of their credit risk transfer structures. So, you know, depending upon the level of success and and the uh, amount of activity in that area, it uh, creates more or less business for the private mortgage insurance companies. So, to the extent that there, there's more activity outside of private mortgage insurance relative to the GSE credit risk transfer, I think that would uh, encourage further consolidation if there were less business available for those companies. And that's really one of the benefits of Arch is, is we're structured as a, as a multi-line, multinational corporation. So we're able to, to participate with, with the GSEs and with our lending partners in, in different and more creative structures. We're not just uh, a private MI company only. What views do you have about the impact of this new administration? You talked about the GSEs and the future of the GSEs, and we're starting to get a few insights of what that might mean, but I'd love to get your views about the impact of this administration on housing. Well, that, that's, uh, that's a tricky question. I would just say this. Uh, um, one of the things that um, we, we've made public is that as a result of our United Guarantee acquisition, we're moving our U.S. mortgage insurance headquarters from California to North Carolina. So I, along with some other people, will be relocating to North Carolina, which is, means I'm soon going to be purchasing a house in North Carolina and looking for a mortgage. So whatever, whatever yeah. we can do to keep the rates low, at least for a little while, at least till I can get myself settled, <laughs> would, would be great. So, David, I don't, I don't know what sort of influence you have or who you can talk to about that, but you know, a couple more months would, would be great for me. I would, I would appreciate what you could do. Um, but, but no, as far as the administration. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, really ahead, interested in the administration. I'm really interested in, your, in the administration, your views on the administration, specific about the GSEs, and, um, and, and how are you planning for some possible eventualities there where, the, where this could go one way or the other? Yeah, well, it's, it's hard to know with any sort of clarity or certainty or even on timing what the outcome is going to be. But I think we can all recognize that there will be changes. Um, that, that's the one thing we can always be certain about is, is there will be evolution. And from our perspective, what's most important is for us to keep an active dialogue in those conversations so that we can be involved, share our thoughts, share our views, and help shape whatever direction that business comes. I think we don't well, really expect to see a whole lot in the short term here. Like, I'm not sure we'll see anything in, in yeah. 2017 in terms of, of GSE reform. Um, you know, the, the one principle that seems to be consistent with everyone is the um, – encouragement of private capital to come back into the housing yes. finance space. So that that's yep. the one theme that seems very pervasive in, in anyone's view over, over what reform should be, which is very positive for Arch and, and I think very positive for, for the country as a whole, if we can encourage the private market to, to get more involved in that business. But, um, you know, what form that'll take is complicated. I think, you know, what we've seen from the administration to date is not really a focus on, on housing finance, right? We've seen them trying to um, yep. encourage job growth, in terms of reducing regulations, you know, both in, in, the, in the mortgage business as well as other parts of the economy. So um, there hasn't been much focus yet, but I think we can expect that over time. Well, we're definitely seeing the number one trend in the industry being the first-time home buyers, and the millennials are coming in, and mm -hmm. uh, it's the biggest generational group ever, and they're staying on the sidelines, or they have been, but there's more evidence that people are coming in. And you have done a lot, Arch has done a lot about creating affordability and working so we have more housing affordability. Talk about that, what you've done, and also your perspective on you know, some of the trends you see with affordability. Sure. And uh, the millennials are certainly a challenging group. Um, they seem to have different uh, perspectives 
um, than prior generations, but probably most importantly, different timelines. So you know, I don't think yeah. there's any uh, general recognition that millennials don't want to be home buyers. I think they just may have a different uh, timeline in their life relative to the prior generation. So we're definitely seeing increased interest. Um, but, but what's you know, most challenging about this group is they have different financial demographics coming out of, of college and in, in early careers um, than we've seen in prior generations due to student loans. So what we've tried to do is work with our partners and put together specific programs that fit the risk f profile of a, of a millennial. So, for example, you look at a physician, right? You, you've got some lending institutions out there who have physician loans. And, and why are physician loans challenging? Because you have these new doctors who have new jobs. They don't have a lot of income, and they have huge student mm -hmm. debt. So on paper, they don't necessarily look like a great risk, but reality is they, they can be great risks. They're very attractive because of their future earning potential. Well, same thing with a millennial, right? They may not be a physician, but they may have great, uh, great profiles, and they may be um, great customers to give a mortgage to and may be great for future uh, financial and banking relationships with someone. So it's a matter of, of tailoring programs to allow them to get mortgages today. And we've done a lot to create those programs and uh, offer a lot of attractive of lending opportunities for those millennials uh, to help get them into being first-time home buyers. Um, but one of you know one yeah. of the biggest challenges for us, I say, is the lack of availability of homes right now. You know, the market is is very constrained yeah. in terms of inventory. of what's available. Yeah, exactly. Inventory is, is very low. So, you know, over time that that'll work itself out. I think we're going to see new construction. We're going to see move up buyers, uh, which eventually is going to create more opportunities for those millennials. So, I think it's as much. Um, a, a different timeline buying for the millennials as much as it, as it is constrained inventory. Let's talk a little bit from a shift different directions. And, and folks, I want to encourage you. Some of you are already texted in questions. Thank you. We're going to get to those in just a minute. Uh, be sure to text me those questions. Seems like that's a preferred way. Again, 512-632-2900. 512-632-2900. And uh, we'll get those questions in front of David here in just a minute. Let's talk about Technology. Certainly what you've done with RateStar is one of the most innovative things we've seen come along for some time uh, in the world of MI. And uh, I, I remember I was, I was speaking, I can't remember which conference it was, but it was one of the uh, UGI representatives that was working for, uh, uh, you know, was with UGI prior before the merger. And they go, she stood up at a conference. She goes, now that the merger's done and I've got Raystar in my pocket, I understand why they've been kicking my butt so bad out there in the marketplace. <laughs> so talk, I mean, that's a real compliment to what you built there. But talk about innovativeness. Talk about what you see some of the things that if, if the progressive companies need to, to really embrace. And, and give us some insights how you came up with Raystar and, and, and what other things might be on the drawing board that we should look forward to, David. Mm -hmm. Sure. I, I think, number one, it's, it's a mindset and a commitment to the investment in, in technology and, and new solutions. So, right, the important thing to remember is any of these innovations that come out require resources to create. And, and those resources are a combination of, of people resources as well as financial resources. So you've got to make a commitment to do it, for, first and foremost. And, yeah. you know, what, what RateStar came out of was trying to get a more precise evaluation of the credit risk associated with a mortgage and taking that uh, evaluation of credit risk and translating that into a price. So historically, mortgage insurance was priced in a, in a rather simplistic manner. You had a rate card, right? You had your FICO, you have your yep. LTV, you look it up in a grid, and then, and then you've got some secondary variables. And, and what RateStar did, it was it said, okay, well, let's, let's go beyond that. We, you know, we, we have the science, we have the technology to be able to create a, a better, uh, more, more precise rate. And then once we calculate that precise rate, let's find a way to deliver that to a customer on a seamless basis. So not only does it provide more precise pricing, but it's got that ease of use element that's so important um, to our customers so that they can get a quick answer and they get a quick result and they can close their loans in time and they can get their disclosures done properly because they know what the MI element of the premium is going to be. Um, so it's about trying to try yeah. to provide solutions to our customers at the end of the day that allows them to run their process quicker and more efficiently. 
any anything on the horizon that we can look forward to? More innovation down this line, or is it just modifying or continue to enhance what you have? No, I think I think there's there's always. I don't, I don't want to uh, give away any secrets before they come out. I don't think our our, our marketing team won't won't be happy with me about that. But always always evolution, and and I think for for us the the evolution is not just in the customer facing evolution as to what solutions we can provide them, but it's about finding better ways to manage and quantify our risk. So at the end of the day, we're an insurance yeah. company, right? We collect premiums yeah. today and in exchange for a promise to pay claims at a later date. So a, a lot of our analytics is based around better quantifying what our risk is to make sure we're in a position to be able to pay those claims when uh, we're called upon to do so. So we've got a lot of innovation yeah. in that area, which doesn't necessarily uh, you know, ever, ever go to the market, but it does make us a more financially secure and financially stable company so that we can fulfill our primary obligation, which is the promise to pay claims at a future date. Well, let's get over to Andy Shell. I'm going to open the mic up to Andy, ask a couple questions, and then, Joe, I'll get over to you. And then while you guys are asking your questions, I'm going to look at all the questions that have come in, and I'll bring them together uh, as we wrap up the interview. So, Andy, go ahead. Well, hey, David. Thanks for being on the uh, the webinar, I mean, the podcast today, the radio show. Um, you, you talked a little bit about the Trump administration and about just – politics in general I, i'm this isn't directly related to gse but it is in some i mean it, to mortgage insurance but it is to some degree given the the potential trend of moving to alternative uh credit risk transfer mechanisms uh well what's your sense for what's next with the gses um in in terms of credit risk transfer or just more general generally reform? just big picture what, what's going to happen yeah, well, I, I would say, you know, big picture wise, um, we've got to find ways to encourage home ownership, right? That that has been and always will be a, a huge part of the American dream and, you know, part of the ways that Americans manage their wealth. So we, we've got to encourage that. So whatever plan we do, we want to promote availability of credit. We want to promote affordability of credit. We want to encourage people to get homeowners. We want to encourage first-time homeownership. We want to have programs that help, you know, underserved groups uh, achieve homeownership and, and whether those are, are minorities or, or people in a different situation. I think we need to be aligned in, in those goals. And, and I think if we overlay on top of that, the idea of bringing more private capital back into the housing market, it's got to be a partnership between you know, the private sector in terms of what they want to offer and make sure that they're able to get um, return on, on the risk that they're assuming versus um, the social goals that we talk about, about, about promoting homeownership. So when we think about reform, I think it's got to address all those issues. And, and for me, maybe more importantly, we also have to think about aligning what the GSEs and FHFA are doing with what uh, FHA is doing. And, and I think today there's not good alignment around those different um, entities. And I think, um, you know, moving forward, we've got to get those agencies on the same page as to what they want to do, the products they want to offer, and, and, and who they're serving. So for me, that's, that's a huge part of the discussion that really hasn't happened yet. Well, good that's point. all great information. Because, you know, you think about it, go back far enough, and used to be you had 30% down payment and the 10-year loan. And we said, well, okay, let's make it 15 years and then 30 years. And, no, instead of 30% down, let's make it 20% down and then all the way up to nothing down. And we saw what happened there. So yeah. – Exactly. And if you look at you look at the mortgage products available in the United States versus what's available in other countries, you'll see it's very different, right? The 30-year the fixed rate That's mortgage, right. which we take for granted here, uh, is, is uncommon and unusual to find in almost any other country in the world. That's right. The covered bonds. Hey, uh, well, yeah. awesome, David. Thank you so much. Hey, hey Joe, are you, are you, you get your mic on? You got a thought? Yeah, I'm there. Um, one thing that I, I I wonder is from an MI perspective, every everyone else is talking about um, technology and how they're implementing new technology to improve their processes, and I'm sure MI as well is as well. But uh, uh, anything you can let us know about the the future benefits from whatever you might be doing from a technological perspective? Well, I think from from a technology perspective, what what we really need to focus on is more efficient information sharing. 
So, you know, if you look at a, at a mortgage, there's lots of different parties involved in the origination of a mortgage. And if it's a, a high LTV mortgage, then, then you add MI into the equation. And um, I think what, what we need to focus on is having a more efficient process for both the, the consumer in terms of what information they provide and then how that information is shared by all the, by all the different parties relative to mortgage. So, um, you know, our solutions involve more efficient uh, sharing of information, more efficient um, uh, data transfer. I think that's going to be one of, the, one of the next frontiers for us. Um, and, and I think also we needed to continue to refine our risk selection and, and find better ways to, to match risk with, with price on insurance products. Yeah, good. Thank you. And then one, one last the- thing. To add, I'm just sorry. One last thing I was going to just quickly yeah. add is, um, you know, a, alignment of rescission relief on mortgage insurance with the, with the GSE's new day one certainty programs. I think yeah. um, as we move forward, we need to align better. Uh, and make sure those solutions are all uh, integrated together with each other. And, um, you know, it's going to obviously involve uh, sort of tri-party discussions and agreements, but I think that's uh, a, a next step in the evolution of, of mortgage insurance as well. I think the, one of the questions that had, came, had come in was about your future technology growth plans and looking at the, who sent that, I suspect it's one of your competitors. They want some insights <laughs> because you're doing a great job of doing some innovative things there. Let's talk about, I mean, with the, with the merger, now you guys are, you were already dominant. And now with the merger, it is with UG, you are, I mean, significant. And there's always that concern is when you look at the credit risk models that are out there, there's some people out here that some of the questions are coming in is, I'm really excited about it. I've been really switched over to the Rate Star program. One person wrote, I wrote, switched over to Rate Star. I was amazed at how much money I was able to save my consumers. Uh, great product. Another came in, all kind of going down and giving you kudos about that. <clears throat> but there's also a couple of questions talking about how confident are you about these credit risk models as we head into some, if we were to head into some uncertainty on this. So uh, that's, that's a legitimate question because you guys are the dominant company out there. Sure. I, I think that's a great question. And, and as I said before, you know, for us, what's so important about these credit risk models is, is not so much the price we charge, but to make sure that we can pay the claims uh, when, when that time comes. Right. And, and right now we're in a very benign environment. Uh, we see right. default rates and delinquencies across the industry shrinking to levels we haven't seen uh, since before the crisis. So, you know, we have a lot of confidence in there, but we understand that, um, the economy is dynamic. It's an evolution. And, you know, one of the things that we're, we're looking at and thinking about right now is as we see um, shrinking origination market, uh, we see a broadening of the credit box. So, you know, more and more originators are saying like, hmm, our volume's down. How can we get our volume up or how can we get our profits back to the level they were in, in 2016? And I think we see a bit of broadening of the credit box in terms of finding a solution to, to keep volumes up by originating mortgages that were maybe a little bit more risky or maybe wouldn't have been done in, in 2016. So for us, it's a, it's a challenge to keep an eye on that and, and to monitor that to see how things are changing um, and, and make sure that, that both our pricing and our risk management keeps up with that. So we, we definitely spend a lot of time uh, focused on that. Well, I think you've done a great job. You had referenced in another comic just came in, or it's actually three comics just came in, about the credit risk transfer security. Um, one person wrote, can you give me just a general overview what that is? And then another one who seems to have some knowledge about that said that there's some different twists and turns in the credit risk transfer security where uh, MI companies were not so favorable to it but now look like they are. Is that an accurate characterization? Well, yeah, those are those are difficult questions uh, to to address yeah. quite a bit in a short period of time. But I would say, you know, with the second one, I think um, as the landscape of the business changes, I think MI companies um, want to make sure that they can participate on there. So, um, right. you know, what what may have not looked so attractive initially. Um, all of a sudden seems better than nothing. So I, I think you see people uh, change their views over time, and I think that gets to the general evolution of the role of, of mortgage insurance companies and you know, potential movement away from, from the old business model to, to a new business model. Um, and, and then I guess more broadly to the, to the credit risk transfer transactions, um, it's, it's really just a, um, simplistically a, a way for the GSEs to transfer 
credit risk yes. on loans in a manner different than, than MI. So, you know, again, the old model was if you had a loan that was greater than 80% LTV, buy mortgage insurance. Um, and the GSEs, for example, never transferred credit risk on loans that were less than 80 LTV. So some of these credit risk transactions are saying, okay, well, let's, well, let's you know, us as a GSE go buy some either insurance or, or do some credit link notes that allow us to transfer credit risk on loans that are less than 80 LTV. So, for example, between 60 and 80 LTV, um, which, which hadn't been done in the past, or alternatively, getting some sort of credit enhancement on loans that are greater than 80 LTV that's not the traditional mortgage insurance product. So I, I think all those things are, um, you know, they're, they're in their infancy, um, but there's a lot of great information and reports out there about the different options. And, um, yeah, I think it, it's definitely well, changing yeah. the, the, the nature of the business. Well, and now that, now we're getting flood of questions. That's <laughs> the question. As we've run out of time, we're five minutes over. David, I want to say thank you so much for joining us, and a great amount of content. We just can't wait this long to have you back. Just, uh, we just <laughs> please let's 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 schedule another time to get you in uh, and back on the program here sooner than later. Because as this, especially as we see the development, so uh, I would like to target for some time in August at the latest to get you back here and get an update. Because I think as the dominant leader now in the marketplace, it is really important that we hear your thought leadership as others start looking forward and uh, to what we can anticipate as we head into uh, into 2018. So I really value you taking time to be here with us, David. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, David. My pleasure. We love we love your, your show. We love supporting you. And uh, I look forward to uh, coming back on at a future date. Well, we appreciate the partnership. Folks, we've had on David Gansberg, who is and has been and still is the president and CEO of ArchMI. And, of course, they acquired UG, and so the, they are the powerhouse in the MI space. If you not have not gotten a hold of your local ArchMI rep, I encourage you to do so. They've got a great group of people out there providing a wonderful services. And, of course, check out RateStar. We talk about it all the time on the program, and uh, it's important that you do so. Next week, we're going to have Gary Ort on, who's the president of Mortgage Finance at Texas Capital. And uh, we're going to be talking about leadership. It's one of my favorite topics. Uh, Gary is one of the leaders in the industry. We're excited to have him come on and be here with us. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to make this uh, part of the way you get information, what's going on in the industry. And uh, we appreciate the partnership that you have and giving us an opportunity to share this little hour just slightly more with you. Have a great day, everybody. Look forward to seeing you back here next week. This has been Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us again next week, and thank you for listening.